One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Demonic machines! Demonic machines! Demonic machines! Live! Yeah. So, <laughs> Lucky was a robot for a couple seconds, but did y'all hear the music? Because I'm pretty sure the music went through and I could hear Lucky, but it was a little bit choppy. I think your internet was getting a little wonky during that. Oh, well. Fuck it. It's punk rock. Hey, it works. That's punk rock. <laughs> That's punk rock. Uh, yeah, so this is... Uh, we didn't do it at the beginning of June, so we're doing it at the end of June. It's uh, the Pride episode. We're going to talk about uh, the LGBTQ community and their involvement in music and gear. I'm sure it'll probably lean heavily in rock just because that's what we listen to. Um, let's see. Where are my notes? The notes. We need the notes. The no, notes. we need the notes. We oh, need yeah. The notes. We need, you know, we need to have the notes so we can do the show properly. I don't, that was a really bad Arnold that leaned into like a Brooklyn guy accent. Well, hey, I mean, you're from you're from New York. You well, know, from the East Coast, New, New Jersey. Close enough. Yeah, the East it's, Coast. They're right next whatever. to each other. Yeah, they are literally like, I mean, next to each other. Because mm. like all of my voices lean like Southern. You know, like yeah. when I'm, it doesn't matter who I'm imitating, you know, it'll be like, yeah, man. And then I was like, yeah, the goddamn man. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Gosh. Oh, yeah. Allen Ginsberg is, uh, well, so Allen Ginsberg is kind of problematic. He was a member of uh, NAMBLA. Which is the North American Man Boy Love Association? Yeah. yeah, that is very very problematic. Yeah, big influence. Yeah, he was. Um, he's in the music video, if you can call it that, for uh, what's it called? Um, Subterranean Homesick Blues, where Bob Dylan is just he's got the the posters you know and he's like pulling off the posters and it's like the different words he's saying again you can see ginsburg standing yeah. in the background in that video oh shit um yeah but um anyway let's see <laughs> so uh welcome to the show everybody uh i just want to remind you before we get started that we are having a pride month sale uh pride riot is the code we're gonna put the code up I yeah I'll I'll put it up now. Um, let's see. You will see the code will be at the bottom of the screen for most of the stream unless there's other important information we need you to see. I'm gonna make a better banner than that because right now it just says the code. Use code Pride Riot at demonicmachines.com for. 15% off. Okay. Scroll across bottom. Add banner. There we go. That's the banner noise. Doom, do, 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 do. Okay. So, um, yeah. Like, as a, and 
this episode, I'm ex- I'm particularly excited about this episode because I'm non-binary. Um, I don't I'm, I don't really talk about my sexuality often because like my sex life is really nobody's business, right? But I guess Understood. like I, I identify as pansexual. Um, so that's my yeah. those are my two two uh, two LGBTQ uh, points I get. Um, <laughs> But no, like as a so as a queer person and like I've always known on some level, like I don't think I always had the vocabulary to know I was non-binary, but like I always knew I was queer in some way. And I uh, I just remember like growing up in Alabama. That's that's rough. And and like even even like I was into punk rock and I got into the punk scene in Alabama, which believe it or not, there is a punk scene in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, and the thing is, is like, I came out here when I moved out to California. Um, I, uh, I worked under Anna Joy Springer in grad school. Uh, she was in the band Blatz. She was in the band Grups and she was in the band Cypher in the Snow. So those were all, kind of like pioneering like queer core bands in the 80s and 90s um yeah uh so i was gonna ask um so would you consider genesis briar porridge to be oh yeah i just because that was one of the things in my head when we first talked about the episode psychic i was TV? like psychic tv probably to a less would it be to a lesser extent throbbing gristle oh yeah i forget i always forget about that band yeah that's yeah um yeah i mean well genesis pure however you say their i name. said porridge yeah um <laughs> like they're i'm pretty sure they're at least genderqueer on some level, you know, like, yeah. because, like, the whole thing was, like, before their partner died, right, they were trying yeah. to look like each other. Yep. Which... They were trying to become one. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that's interesting, and I don't think I could ever do that with somebody. I yeah. mean, I think I would be weirded out if somebody made themselves look like me. I would be like that. I'd be like, no, no. like you, you hear about, um, people that get like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of plastic surgery to like, look Ugh. like Justin Bieber or something. Why though? That's uh, because be yourself, because the human brain is a complex instrument. And some people think that's the thing to do with their body. Yeah. Blatz. Um, we're not gonna piss in a cup tonight. We're gonna <laughs> fuck shit up. Yeah, I was in a band that covered that song, actually. But yeah, I... the, so one of the singers of Blatz was on my thesis committee in grad school. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, so getting back to my story, um, like, Anna Joy, that's her name, She she started, like, having me watch these documentaries and read these books and stuff. Like, here's one, actually. Uh, oops, shit. Oh, no. Sorry about that. Oh, no, it's cool. It was my just my FV1 development board. Oh, no. 
no reverb for y'all. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, so she actually wrote the intro to this book. It's called Queer Core, How to Punk a Revolution. But that being said, I grew up in Alabama and like we had a Riot girl band. My best friend, whose name was Joy, no relation to Anna Joy. I don't know. It's just a weird coincidence. <laughs> um, my friend Joy was the drummer in the only so-called Riot Girl band in town. Um, but, like, I remember the singer of that band, Cassie. Uh, she's the bass player of Cancer Slug now. Oh, uh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, Small yeah. World. Yeah. They're from my hometown. Like, oh, I've known Cancer Slug since, like, Cancer Slug was that, just a local band. That brings it, like... like yeah. But, shit. um... Okay, sorry so about that. So, Cassie, <laughs> Cassie would always give me shit. Like, when I said I was, like, bi, she would give me shit for being bi. And, like, not just her, either, you know? Like, the other members of the band would, like, yeah. be... And, and I didn't even realize that Riot Girl was, like, pro-LGBTQ in its original incarnation in the 90s with bands like Bikini Kill yeah. and Babes in Toyland and L7 and stuff like that. Um, so it was really weird for me and I kind of became this... I, I don't know, like, I, it was like punk rock wasn't, punk rock in Alabama wasn't punk rock enough for me, um, and I kind of did, I kind of just developed my own thing, moved to Arkansas for a while, figured out a little bit who I was, Seattle, Texas, all over the place, came back to Alabama, started a, a queer noise core band called Draft, um, and... As far as I know, we were like the first queer core band in Huntsville. Um, but yeah, um, why was I talking about that? I guess because that's my that's my per. So when I learned about punk, so when I became interested in the history of it, yeah, um, you started to learn, especially when you read "Please Kill Me." Um, you realize all of those people were on the LGBTQ spectrum in some way, yeah. you know, whether, I mean, there, there were people like Lou Reed who kind of were queer and then like stopped saying they were after a while. And then there's, yes. I think the Lou Reed thing, it's just because, because Lou Reed was such an interesting person there was just so much different shit going on i think lou reed just kind of felt because i i thought and i'm sorry for interrupting um, oh you're good i thought that lou reed like flirted with that in the beginning with velvet underground and the influence from andy warhol and and mm -hmm. people associated with warhol and then i thought visually lou definitely leaned more into it with the influence of david bowie and um oh i keep What's that guy? See, I can't remember the guitar player's name. Uh, from the Spiders from Mars, the uh, Bowie had for his early shit. Fuck, why can't I think of it? Uh, Either way, um, someone's going to say it in the comments. I'm going to be like, fuck, I knew that's what it was. 
Mick it's the guy, Ronson. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking, but it just Ronson didn't sound right. But yeah, for that album, um, what was it? Transformer, right? That Lou Reed album? Yeah. The one that has um, Take a Walk on the Wild, on the wild side. side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely like, it was that song in particular, and I mean, I think a lot of Lou Reed's songs, like, sort of narrated that whole scene. Yeah. And there were um, people, you know, Jane County doesn't get really talked about as much as, like, a lot of the other, like, late 70s punk bands. Um, Or I guess it was... Wayne County in the electric chairs, and then she came out as trans and changed her name to Jane County. Um, but it's like this, like, blues punk. They played at CBGBs all the time with bands like the Ramones and, like, were very, like... Uh, and, and Jane County was, like, really, like, not on... Not on the same level as, like, bands, like, even the Ramones, I mean, the Ramones were relatively big. I think the, for all of the 77 bands, yeah, like, all of the 1977 punk bands, I think the Ramones were probably the biggest. Mm-hmm. And, like, then the Clash, no, the Clash were probably the biggest. And then the Ramones. Yeah. And then it was probably the Sex Pistols. Um, The Ramones, funnily enough, the Ramones are the only ones of those I like. Um, Well, the the Sex Pistols album, the one Sex Pistols album, the the, Nevermind the Bullocks, that's a pretty alright album. Anyway, back to our topic. Yeah, I was going to say, real quick, when you started mentioning all that, um, I was thinking, like, certain bands that I think, I don't know if, at the time or whatever if they would have been considered but like would you say a band like maybe at least visually flirting with the uh, with the appearance of new york dolls oh yeah totally like, you know what i mean and uh, yes to, t, it, would you say t-rex or t-rex is just flamboyant t-rex um well the, glam i think glam rock is inherently kind of queer right like i mean whether the people themselves identify that way i think it it is playing with gender norms in a way um so to that um i actually wanted to bring up this theory hypothesis that i have yeah um about that about the new york dolls in particular so after the stonewall riots or it might have been slightly before the stonewall riots um the stonewall riots if you don't know are kind of considered the beginning of the modern pride movement um a bunch of cops busted into a men's bathhouse in new york they were like fuck no we're all consenting adults who can do whatever we want they started throwing bricks at the cops yeah fuck yeah I mean, I'm just so excited about that. Um, but that's why the code is Pride Riot to get 15% off because it was a riot. Um, so there were laws passed in New York where you had, I believe it was three articles of clothing that indicated your gender. You had to wear at least three articles of clothing that indicated what your like 
on your ID gender was, and you could get arrested for wearing drag. See, this and, is this is stuff that I I I've, I didn't know that, and there's some stuff I'm sure I'm going to learn from this episode. Is what I was going to say. Sorry about that. Oh, you're good. No, that's. I mean, uh, yeah, that's. Um, but so I've always like I see a line. But I haven't been able to completely trace the line between yeah. those laws and the fact that first wave punk rock was very glam. You know, like, yeah. um, I mean, the, anyway, uh, and I, I want to go back. So, uh, against me, uh, Sam uh, says Against Me is one of my favorite bands. So I've got fun uh, things to say about Against Me. I love Against Me, first off. Um, I'm from North Alabama originally. I'm from yeah. the same town as the bass player of Against Me, uh, Andrew Seward. And uh, he was in a band called Jawas uh, with this guy matt bakula and then matt's little brother pat was my bandmate slash roommate for a while in huntsville so like i'm like two degrees separated from against me i've also met laura jane grace a couple of times but um i got to see against me back in the like the early days of against me i got to see against me in like Noon's Art Gallery and Cave Nine in Birmingham and like, uh, yeah, like, uh, I've seen Against Me more times than I can count, uh, but I, I absolutely love the first, not the very first album, Vivida Vis or whatever it's called, but Reinventing Axl Rose and Against Me as the Eternal Cowboy are two of my favorite punk albums of all time. And for those of you who don't know, that band is fronted by a trans woman, Laura Jane Grace. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I was going to mention um, a group that I used to listen to at one point. I kind of fell off musically uh, a while ago. But Life of Agony. Life of Agony? Their singer. Um, I yeah. don't know Nina them. Caputo. I think that's how you pronounce. It. Yeah, they um they were one of the. It says alternative metal. I only ever had one album by them. Um, but yeah, check them out. Life of Agony's lead singer Nina Caputo. Ooh. Well, um, I can't remember what year it was that Mina um embraced her identity, but um. Oh, I see. Yeah, that was one that popped into my head. Yeah. Okay. I just, because it covers the whole know spectrum, that. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's I didn't something. know that. Ooh, ooh. That just reminded me. Okay, so, um, oh, what's the group that did the original? Angry Inch, that song? Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yeah. Girls Against Boys? Because cause there's, there's a connection because Life of Agony... And typo negative, I think we're in the same ballpark when they first started, as far as like the same area and stuff. 
And I remember okay. reading about that song. There was a song that Typo Negative covered from from the Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I believe the yeah. I don't know if it's a soundtrack or if it would be the I don't know if it was a stage show or not. Um, it's mm. so for a long time it was the soundtrack like okay. to the movie that was the most popular, and then they released the Neil Patrick Harris Broadway version. Fuck that version, like. <laughs> The 1999 sure. movie version is the is the is a great punk rock album and yeah. a great musical album. Yeah, because I um, heard that song and it was so different from the rest of the stuff. Type obviously, type of negative is completely fucking different from that. But they mm-hmm. did that on their "Life Is Killing Me" album, and I was like, "Yo, what is this?" Because it completely changed the whole flow of the energy on the album. I mean, I. I've heard the original. I think the original is probably better, but Typo Negative did a decent job. And then I looked into it, and that's when I found out the story about the movie and stuff. And I was like, holy shit. And that's just because of Life of Agony that popped into my head. Sorry. I, oh, no, random, random shit sometimes, you know. Uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, is a, I think, is a great... Um, it, I hate musicals. Yeah. Like, I just fucking hate musicals. I have a degree in theater, so I have yeah. worked on several musicals. I've been in musicals. I've directed musicals. Like, I hate them. I just fucking hate them. Uh, but Hedwig and the Angry Inch is, like, it goes beyond being a musical for... Like, it's it's just a fantastic piece of drama. Yeah. And the music is a part of it. Right, um, yeah. and the way the play is written, it's actually done as a stage. So it's actually done as a, a band playing a show, um, and Hedwig tells her story in between breaks of the song, uh, in between song breaks. Um, it was written to be performed in a bar originally. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's why I have such a problem with the Broadway version. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah. It, oh, you need to see the. You need to. It's. Uh, that's your homework. I meant the Broadway uh, one. Oh, Neil fuck Patrick the Broadway Harris. one. I, I've, I've, I've only heard bits. it. I've seen bits of the original one. I couldn't find the whole thing in one big thing because you know how YouTube used to be. Uh-huh. If you were going to upload shit, you had to put it at like, like six different videos, 10 minutes each or whatever, so it wouldn't get claimed and pulled down or whatever. But. Yeah, if you can link me to the original somewhere, I'll check it out. I'd love yeah. to check it out. Yeah, no, uh, Hedwig and the Angry... It's one of my favorite movies, too. I actually, like, wanted my... Uh, like, I tried the entire time I was in undergrad to get them to do Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yeah. And they were just like, they were just like, the donors won't like that because I went to the University of Alabama in Huntsville and they yeah. were just like, donors, donors aren't going to like it. You I know, like if I fucked my mic up, I was trying to adjust it on the sly and then fucking completely botched it. So sorry about that. Oh, you're good. Okay. Does that sound any better, any clearer? Yeah. I think. Yeah, Hello. it does. All right. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure everybody's getting the best sound. So sorry about that. You're good. But yeah, that's a bummer that they didn't they didn't try to do that. I mean, it's it's art. Yeah. It should fall under the grounds of art at the very yeah. least. It doesn't it doesn't matter about the donors when it comes to that. It's like you're you're portraying an art form, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, well, 
I don't want to get into the politics of my undergrad theater program. I understand. Uh, it would be a whole episode in and of itself. Maybe um, next week. <laughs> oh, God, no. Um, but, yeah, so uh, let's bring it around uh, to the tech side of things a Wendy little Carlos? bit yeah we can talk about wendy carlos do you want to enlighten us uh i actually do not know a whole lot about wendy carlos um, i remember there was a video that i was watching where it was like the origins of synth and things like that and i remember seeing wendy carlos in it um yeah and very well versed very intelligent and definitely contributed in a big way to it becoming what it is now especially back then in the very beginning of that whole you know that whole thing with people creating synthesizers and all that fun stuff uh-huh. and then um what we said robert moog as well yeah i uh, we started to talk about that and then realized it was time to start the show yeah i was reading up i didn't know that until i until i read that but i think it was also because Around that time, people couldn't be as freely speaking about how they were because of, you know, how society was. And like you said, there were even laws and stuff in place that I was unaware of myself. Um, So I I think some of the earlier figures are probably ones that you wouldn't know because of that, Mm -hmm. because it was one of those things. It's like you had to be closeted, so to speak, because of the way society was and how people would look at you and do things along the lines of judging people based on that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So in the, in the pedal bill, um, Wendy, so Wendy Carlos was a a very, um, she built synthesizers. She designed synthesizers. She also did music for, uh, the shining. Um, and I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, the original Tron, um, yeah, so w- that's Wendy Carlos, and then in the pedal world, getting a little more focused in on, like, what we're about, Yeah. um, there's Debbie Ever Effects, which I believe Debbie Ever is Izzy Mouse now, and they use they-them pronouns, I could be wrong, okay. um, but yeah, like, Debbie Ever is, uh interesting um i mean so i've built a couple of clones of the hyperion uh because it's an awesome sounding fuzz i love the hyperion (laughs) yeah it's a fantastic fuzz and it what wasn't that like the controversy with like the jhs bun runner or something is i remember whoops something fell yeah i remember hearing about that it was um yeah, one of one of my friends was telling me because I had mentioned something about watching either watching the show or buying a pedal or something. And they told me about that. And they were like, oh, yeah, you know, there was some allegations and this and that. But that was all hearsay because I wasn't there and I'm not well versed on that. But, yes, mm-hmm. I remember hearing about that. Um, I think that was the big thing a lot of people would probably mm-hmm. link the name to because of the exposure that obviously it's connected to Josh in a way. Yeah. But allegedly, of course. I I have no idea. Yeah, I, I don't hearing that. 
I don't know the ins and outs. I know that there was also this like Kickstarter thing that she did. Um, she like she it was like an effect pedal that took cartridges. So mm. you could like make it like different effects or something. And she yeah. raised like $20,000 on Kickstarter if I'm not mistaken and then like just never delivered on the product. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cuz yeah. I've seen I've seen some of those um yeah, I've seen some of those pedal like like where it's like the cartridge thing like you said. I've seen a, a couple of them on like Etsy and other sites like that. Mm-hmm. But um I didn't know that that was something that originated i guess with debbie ever in concept yeah. at least yeah i mean i don't know if it originated i i mean she did uh sell on etsy that was like her main okay. platform that she Fair sold enough. on um she but like debbie ever effects is no more like they don't even i think Dwarfcraft like bought them and okay. then some weird stuff happened and then like they both went under debbie ever effects hmm. and Dwarfcraft. um yeah fox rocks okay i'll check out fox rocks definitely I'll... have you have you played with the hyperion 2 circuit with the oscillator film. yeah that, that's, that's what i mean when i say i've built the hyperion i got you that was well that was one that i actually there was a dude that was selling pedals that i guess you know he put stuff together and um it was like putting weird quirky uh enclosures and one of them was like a fisher price toy camera and it was toy camera fuzz and i was like oh i love this and it was like my staple sound for the longest time and then one of my friends fucking stomped on it and busted it in and then i couldn't use it anymore so i took it apart and asked one of my friends with a brain if they could figure out what it was and make me a copy of it and uh they were like oh yeah this it looks like it's this and they said hyperion and i was like oh okay cool and i was like oh that's a cool name i didn't look into it too much and then later found out that it was a devi ever circuit so yeah, that that's probably one of the earliest pedal experiences with that particular um, company. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, it, the Hyperion Two is fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a fucking crazy one. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So so I sent. I think I showed it off on one of the earlier Instagram episodes um, where we had Rift Mountain, Sam. And uh, it was that one that I rehoused into a fucking boss SD1 enclosure and like yanked the actual foot switch part off and just wired up a click there instead. Yeah, I sent that. I forgot I sent that up to Sam. Yeah, okay. it's it's fucking awesome. And yes, it is very hard to tame. I, I would usually play it with the gain or the fuzz knob at about... Oh, nine o'clock? Just like real, real light there, you know? Uh-huh. All right, cool. I so- always dime my fuzzes. I don't know why. Like, there's something in my brain that's just like, <laughs> you've got to turn the fuzz up to 10. If you don't turn the fuzz up to 10, it's not fuzzing. Well, I you- think the thing is for me is I didn't know the difference between a fuzz or a distortion, and I was using it for, like, trying to write metal. Mm-hmm. So I so I guess for me I just I dialed it to a point where I got the sound I wanted and I was like mm-hmm. yeah and then later found out but yeah I mean fuzz now part of the fun of a fuzz is to just see how furry and you know fuzzy you can get with it 
Yeah, yeah, like, well, and I mean, they're, they're, I'm not saying no one should not, no one should turn their game below 10, I'm, that's not what I'm saying, I'm just yeah. saying, like, that's kind of, like, because I feel like that's when you get that maximum, like, wooliness, and, like, I just yeah. imagine, like, tentacles, like, <laughs> spiraling out of everything, and, like, creating this, like, like, the musical notes are, like, you know, twisting and that's yeah. that's what I think of fuzz. Distortion and overdrive I think are always more like they're tighter. Like, See, for me when I think fuzz all the way up, I think like a giant shag carpet grows into a fucking forest and you have to navigate your way out of it. And with distortion <laughs> I always thought it was like spikes and nails because that's the shit that like mm-hmm. with metal and stuff, that's how I would always put put it together. Like more abrasive Mm-hmm. and sharper i guess is the best way because a lot of the fuzzes that i use are uh, they're kind of low on the trebly side but i also my ears are all fucked up because i'm getting old so i can't really stand too much trouble these days so that could be part of the reason as well so yes, a big muff is uh Big Muff. Interesting thing. Interesting things about the Big Muff. Um, one, the yeah. New York City 1999 New York City Big Muff reissue when EHX came back to America um, was designed by Fran Blanche, who is a trans woman. Um, you may also know her from Frantone. Uh, but uh she uh yeah so she she designed that big muff and i used to make a clone of it it actually uses uh shocky diodes as opposed to like the normal silicone signal diodes that like you normally find in it and it gives it a much like brighter kind of like uh, like na- like you were saying, nails and stuff. Like it's got more of that kind of sound to it. I think Would, like l- l- later was- models switched the diodes back. Yeah, but um, the topology. I was gonna say the topology of, of Big Muff is really interesting because while it is considered a fuzz the topology is actually more consistent with an overdrive it uses soft clipping um to create its distortion which is why a big muff is such a usable fuzz oh yeah you know uh but what were you gonna say Uh, i was gonna answer sam real quick sam that's on my docket for this week i still have three more days that i have to unload trailers at work and then after that i'll have time to when I sent Sam stuff, Sam sent some stuff back for me to play. And the past month, I've just between between adjusting to new medication and other stuff that's been going on, I haven't had the time to really sit down. Other than last night, I redid my guitar board, which I wanted to say, I found the perfect spot to put the um, the flanger. Yeah. So I have that. I was putting it. I was putting it at the very, like, towards the very end of my chain, but I feel for me, it's mm-hmm. more usable, um, like, right after my dirt, but before my preamp and my reverb out, because I like the way that it sounds with the preamp EQ, and I also have, I think I have that in my gated section, 
Mm-hmm. So if I'm not playing, it'll silence it out because I'm a stickler for just like if I'm not playing, I don't want any sound. You know what I mean? But um, no, I'll have to record something and, and uh, I guess send it to you so we could play it and let people hear it on the on the show. That's a good idea, too. I just thought about that. Maybe maybe I'll see if I can put together some some sound samples for some of the stuff that I have that we can just, you know. Put yeah. up for people to check out, see how it sounds, and I could play it on my electric piano for you. Um, and yes, it is Sam. It, yeah, that's the Gojira effects drone muff. Oh, okay, okay. I wasn't sure if it was a different circuit muff just for you, or if it was the one with the the rift mount artwork. Okay, I completely lost track of where I was, but yes. Um, let's go back to Lucky. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm running out of specific things to talk about. Um, we've got Songs of Pride on here. And all I can think of right now is that disco song. I'm coming out. That just popped into my fucking I want head. the no. world to know. But, like, I don't know. And then that was sampled in uh, Notorious B.I.G. sampled that. Yeah. Um, Mm. Oh, someone wants us to talk about Veruca Salt. Uh, (laughs) Strawberry Gashes was Jack Off Jill, right? Uh, What did Veruca Salt do? Because I I, I can picture the album in my head. It's it's purple with a yellow octopus on it, right? Yes, that's the one. Yeah, I don't, and, I don't remember the song though. I feel like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I cannot think of the song. Um, quick question: I might be confused. L Seven was the singer from L Seven in the LGBT community, or was she a feminist? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Um, mm. is that Susie Gardner? Or is that Gar- Oh, Veruca Su- Salt Seether is the song. Yes, because I Seether, remember. Seether, that's okay. right. Okay. Yes, thank you, Sam. Susie Gardner is let's see, American musician and co- guitarist, vocalist, and co-founder of the punk band L Seven. Um, I don't know. Like I, but my understanding is yeah that um. My understanding is that, like, the original Riot Girl scene... Well, so, there were a couple of scenes that happened on the West Coast, from what I understand. And then there was, like, a DC scene. And Bratmobile was kind of the connection between those two scenes, because Bratmobile had, like, members in both Olympia, Washington, and uh, Washington, D.C., also, there was a big connection with the uh, DC post-hardcore scene and the Riot Girl scene. Ian okay. Mackay, uh, you can actually... There's actually this video of Kathleen Hanna before she was in Bikini Kill reading a poem she wrote at a reading. And you can see Ian Mackay standing right there. Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat. Oh, yeah. I was about to say Fugazi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so there was that scene. There was the Olympia scene. Um, and then there was like the LA scene. Um, and L7 was part of the LA scene. Okay. 
And, or, I mean, it might have been, like, a larger, it might have been, like, more of, like, a general California scene. But, like, from what I understand, the difference between the Olympia scene and the California scenes were the, the Olympia scenes were, like, we don't fucking need men. Okay. Like, men get the fuck out. Um, whereas the California scenes were, like... Hey, as long as you're down for the cause, like then you're cool, yeah. right? Um, and of course, that's not an indictment of like an entire scene. I'm not oh, saying yeah. like everyone in Olympia was like that, ah. but like you know, you get certain vibes and certain scenes and at certain venues and that sort of stuff. And I mean, Absolutely. I can I can only really quote people who were there. Like I can't really like speak to it myself. Um, I have seen Bikini Kill, uh, and I never realized she talks about kissing a girl in that song until I watched the documentary, The Punk Singer. Okay. Um, cause Kathleen Hanna is bisexual, um, and The Punk Singer is about Kathleen Hanna. Um, but... There's a line in there. I, I like I I told you my best friend was the drummer in the only riot girl band in yeah. my town. Um so Bikini Kill was a band I heard a lot, you know, and uh like I didn't even realize the the lyric uh when she talks I hear the revolution in her hips is revolution. Uh in her lips, I taste the revolution. Something like that, you know. <laughs> and like, uh, it's it, the song "Rebel Girl." I don't know. Like, I just never realized there was that element to it. And yeah. I think I was so, like, I because of the culture I grew up in, that it was like. Feminism was a completely separate fight from LGBTQ rights. And in fact, in Alabama, people weren't even like fighting for LGBTQ rights that I was aware of in yeah. 2002 or whenever I was in high school. Um, but yeah. Uh, what do you th what do you think about all of this, Deuce? Well, when I was growing up, I always had um, my uncle who was always around and he he was the first openly gay person in my family that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just see, because when I when I look at how far everything's come from where it was when he passed away, it's mm -hmm. just like he still he was around still when there was a time where like, even in the political sphere, they're like, yeah, no, we're fuck gay people, this, that, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So because he had like a government job, he had to, you know, suppress himself and, and be somebody who he wasn't. Mm -hmm. And um, so whenever, whenever this issue comes up, because a lot of people, I mean, I'm sure people who are watching the show and have watched know, that I'm Christian and a lot of people assume that every Christian person hates gay people, which I already explained previous episodes. Feel free to go back. That's not me. I'm not your guy. If that's what you're looking for in a Christian, you know? Mm. Um, but it was just, 
it was just for me since i always had my uncle around in my life i didn't know that there was anything wrong with people being like that i didn't have any issues with it and you know i mean there were times in my life when i was unsure of how i felt about myself and um i mean i'll i'll be open and say when i was in college i definitely felt like i was probably a woman trapped in a man's body at some point um mm -hmm. and to an extent i still do sometimes as strange as you know i look like a big fucking lumberjack but it's um I mean... it's just part of the journey you know um mm -hmm. and it's just so this has always been something even if it's not been something a lot of people know about me it's just always been something in my life that's always had a part in my life and i never found any reason why people made such a big deal about it and people were so hateful about it and um you know like growing up i my mom would be like oh yeah check out check out uh elton john cindy lopper what liberace well liberace was always the butt of a lot of jokes that's mm -hmm. how i first heard liberace's name because you know someone made a silly gay, silly gay joke when i was a kid and i'm like oh who's liberace mm -hmm. and then you know looked it up yeah. but um no, I mean, I, I don't feel like it matters and it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't make you any less of a person because of how mm -hmm. you feel and you identify and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as the music scene, we would probably not have as many good bands or albums to go back and listen to if it wasn't for people within that scene and people that were involved in making instruments and things like that. I mean, could you imagine a world without the Moog synthesizer? Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I see this one. I wasn't sure about little Richard was little Richard, little Richard. So fun fact, little okay. Richard uh, got his uh, ministry degree at Oakwood college, which is in my hometown. Okay. Um, so, so in the beginning, I guess Little Richard was more open about stuff and then like became super ultra religious and kind of was like, yeah, I didn't mean any of that. I honestly don't know anything about Little Richard. I mean, I know that every time I've seen Little Richard, yeah, I'm like, I, I, he sets my gaydar off, uh, but like, <laughs> I don't personally know if Little Richard is gay, well, you know? <laughs> What a way to put it, too. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I can understand Michael's comment there. Um, fence rider, because I've, I've seen interviews where Little Richard is dressed in a more traditional uh, male attire and saying, oh, yeah, you know, sometimes in the early days you had to be different in order for them to let you be around because they didn't want you to interfere with their women or something like that. But that also could have been because I didn't know that Little Richard became a minister so that would explain the immediate flip for little richard especially back then with the mindset uh -huh. people had um but yeah, yeah uh <clears throat> i just i just know that little richard influenced a lot of the rock and roll stuff that ended up becoming more popular and then just progressing that way so even if you went back that far um that's yeah. an example as well so it's just it doesn't matter with okay let's see he came out as gay and then came out on Oprah, then changed his story later. Oh, well, 
I guess everybody changes their mind here and there and changes how they feel about shit if they feel embarrassed or whatever. I don't and, know what his story was, and that's that's his and story. Maybe he really did change how he feels. Like it's it's no one's it's no one's place yeah, to like absolutely. judge. Know? But and, um Yeah, by all means. Sam, I wanted to say, uh, if one of your all time favorite hardcore bands is Limp Wrist. You should check out my friends, The Gay Agenda. Um, they're a hardcore band here in San Diego. Um, very limperist influenced. Uh, so if you, I mean, they're they're intense. I auditioned to play bass for them, uh, and they went with a better bass player. I mean, obviously. <laughs> uh, so oh, lucky. Uh, you're Actually, a great bass player, I'm sure. I'm really not. I'm really not good at any instrument. That's why I build. <laughs> that's why I build instruments. Like I can play. I can play them well enough to test them. Fair know? enough. Fair enough. I feel I'm just a couple steps above that myself. I mean, it's all it's all sleight of hand anyway. I mean, unless mm-hmm. you're like like Steve Vai, then you know it's it's fucking Steve Vai. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, I remember. <laughs> I remember this is getting way off topic, but um, <laughs> I remember Steve Albini, uh, like, nope, lost it. Never mind. That's, well, because earlier I was going to mention something about Steve Albini, but I didn't know if it was like relevant to the topic, so I didn't want to go there. But what, since you, what were since we talking about right before that? Right before just I wanted now. to talk just now. Yeah. Uh we were talking about the little Richard thing. Little and then Richard. we were moving on to the next thing. Oh talking about how you make yeah. I'm not good at guitar. Yeah, I just remember Steve Albini saying one time, like yeah. I don't have a huge bag of tricks on guitar, but I know how to use my tricks. You know. And that's how I think of myself as a guitar player. But that's, that's it. That's no, that's that's a good way to describe it. For sure. I mean, Steve Albini, if Steve Albini said that, then I feel like maybe I'm pretty decent myself. (laughs) Yeah. When we were talking about the tone between fuzzy shag carpet and like the stabby nail, I was going to say, you know, kind of like kind of like Steve Albini's guitar tone Uh in in Big Black. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's, I mean, honestly, I love his tone in Big Black. And oh, there's nothing in, wrong with it. It's just that I would identify that more with nails than a shag carpet. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Metal pick, too, right? I think it was copper or something. Yeah, I tested, so I tested that. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to know if it would make a difference. So I ordered, like, 12 uh, metal guitar picks. And I, I, like, so I don't really play low gain like yeah. if I've got an, I've usually got at least like an overdrive on, you know, if not like a full on distortion. Yeah. Um, and I could tell no difference in the sound with a metal pick. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, on lower gain settings, I could see it making a difference. Like if you played it like like a clean tone with a lot of compression, I could see that like making a difference. But um, one of the things, uh, you, do you know Glenn Fricker? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So he he's tested 
this stuff before. A lot of people have tested this stuff on YouTube, but one of the, okay. he's one of the ones who's tested it. Yeah. And what he found is that the thing that really makes the biggest difference in sound, as far as like if you're plugging straight into an amp, is the speakers. That is true. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, a he lot said, of people like, don't realize how big of a deal a, ca a good cabinet and speakers make mm -hmm. in difference for like live shit or just in general. Oh yeah, no. Like I wanna, I wanna make a. Um, I'm actually because I I put out I I'm I released that eight watt head. Um, yeah. I'm gonna build myself a special cabinet to test it, mm -hmm. test the units with. Um, I mean, I tested the one I built; it's just fine. Yeah. Uh, but I I do want to make a custom cabinet with some really nice speakers, like a 212, yeah. like, extension you cabinet or something. Get some cool fabric instead of the traditional Tolex. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to... What am I thinking? I'm thinking the grill cloth. But, yeah, Tolex, you could do something completely different with that, too. Yeah. Well, so I was thinking for the... So you've seen my little kicker amp, right? I the, think so, yeah. The sparkly red one. Yeah. I was thinking of doing like patchwork tolex and then the og like green and brown and red diamond pattern that used to be on i think it was on like old vox amps yes or I something so. yep. yeah i wanted to get some grill cloth like that and then have the patchwork tolex and it just looked like this like patchwork kind of cabinet I don't know, like for, and I want to put two different speakers in it yeah. and maybe set them up to be a stereo setup. Ooh, that would be cool. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we're just enjoying ourselves, friends. Thank you for joining us. We're all, we're all here having fun. And yeah, I was interested, Sam, in the cannabis rec speakers. Cause I, um, I heard about them. I didn't know they were made out of hemp. That's actually pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a new thing that is getting gaining popularity in the speaker world is hemp speakers, hemp cone speakers. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, hemp's a really good material. It's a shame we don't use it in more things, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, that reminds me. I'm going to oh, turn yeah. the camera off. Got you. I will entertain everyone with... Uh... Ah, that's not what I meant to do. There we go. If you know the words, sing along. I always fuck that part up. Uh, yeah, I fucked it up. Either way, though, I am playing the Armin Super Piano that we featured in the previous episode, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this is currently my desk setup. I think y'all might actually enjoy seeing, I don't know, a keyboard in front of me, and then I can always try to get better and possibly play cool stuff for people. I'll turn the phaser off. Yeah, let's see. Ooh, I could just do the one I always used to do. Uh, 
you remember this one, right? <laughs> All right. Well, that was our little, <laughs> our little interlude. That was our yeah. That was, was the Cannabis Rex guest. interlude. Yeah. <coughs> Can you rock some Ocarina of Time on that? Oh, uh, depends on what song you want. Uh, because there's only some I know, but I think. I can't do both because um my brain doesn't work that way right now. But yeah, that's one too, right? Song of Storms, right? Okay, we're getting super off topic here, but yes, it's yes. cool. <laughs> do we think? Well, let's let's talk about Link. Is Link is Link gay? You know, that's that's actually an interesting question because they they were I don't want to say they were playing with the idea, but they were considering the idea of having having Link be male or female, not just like, oh, yeah, you get to pick whatever corresponds to you. But as an actual playable character Mm -hmm. with reflective, I mean, I think it's it's hard to tell from the. 3d ones and well probably 2d ones as well but i mean Mm -hmm. it's always implied that link is like link and zelda or either an item or like an ocarina of time link and Mm -hmm. the one girl that had the the horses and the farm and stuff i mean i could i could see link i have played the first one link to the past and uh oh didn't he have pink hair in link to the past uh I yeah think he did okay yeah 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 I think so and yeah. then uh the um the Game Boy one I can't remember Ooh. the first one that came out on Game yeah, Boy yeah yeah Link's Awakening Link's Awakening that's right that was a that was a really fun one did you see the remake that they made for it on the Switch mm they got like a whole 3D like it looks almost like a diorama handmade art style. And there's no more screen loading, like where it's like you walk over and it has to shift to the next screen. It's just one giant map and you're just like the camera hovers above you. It's interesting. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 You know, it's checking it out. It's pretty cool. Uh Aha. You know, watch my next movie. Um, Is he? He's probably back in movies now. Um, Let's see. Uh, listener stories and messages. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. If anybody has anything. Yeah. Any. 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 Are any of. <laughs> are, are any, any of, of our, our white watchers not straight bearded white guys to play Doom? <laughs> <laughs> I don't play Doom. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, I was, and I'm, I'm also kidding. Like, I, I love know. all of you. Um, but I just, you know, thought that would be funny to say. That is, you know what? We're also uh, part comedy. It's, it's, you, uh-huh. you come for the music and you stay for the comedy. You come for the music and you sit. <laughs> oh, hey, Michael Krause doesn't play Doom or have a beard. Oh, okay, wait a hey. sec. Since since we have okay, wait. Sam is apologizing for in fact being. The you don't stereotype. have to apologize. <laughs> I was joking. We were just busting balls. Um, 
or not balls. Wow, I just walked into that one. Okay, okay. Now I just got a visual. Anyway, okay. Um, so both of the Michaels, uh, I had a question for y'all because I wasn't sure. One of y'all told me on one of the previous episodes you bought something, and I said if you sent the receipt over that I would put together an instrumental for you. So whichever one of you that was, if you say something, I can write it down and then figure it out because I was fucking gone. So I apologize, both of our Michaels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I, I mean... That's... I, I I love everybody we got here. Oh, okay. So it was Michael McFall. Okay. Did yeah. you could you reach out to Lucky? Um and I guess me and Lucky will exchange the information and then I can put together that track to send out to you. Um yeah. was there a specific I guess in your correspondence include what genre you want and I'll do what I can. But yes, yeah. thank you. Thank you for getting the, the um the punk blaster or the punk buster. Punk Buster. Yeah, I. Uh, sorry, I read that wrong. Um, it's cool. No, yeah. you read it right. It, it's just, it. But it's cool. Like it just says it on the front of the box. Yeah. And Michael Krause, <laughs> we love you anyway, even though you're late. It's okay. It's it's cool. Yeah. But, well, yeah. It, it's I I don't know because I didn't want to blast punks. Yeah. Like I just wanted to. I felt like punks bust stuff, you know. Yeah, they bust absolutely. Shit up, and Ooh. yeah. So I didn't get a chance to pick songs before, but we have a playlist for tonight's episode, correct? On Spotify. Yeah, yeah. I actually just added the gay agenda to it, um, okay. Because I totally forgot about them, but so there's six songs on there right now. Um, and I figured you and I could discuss a couple songs that we think might fit out of things that I would think at least for the next couple minutes if that's out. Fuck you. Yeah. Sorry. So uh what I I'll run through mine real quick. Okay, that I way I know. Here. Yeah, so Transgender Dysphoria Blues by Against Me. Um song the song title is pretty self explanatory. Yeah. Sex Boy by the Germs uh is uh, a lot of people don't know that Darby Crash of the Germs was gay. Uh, he also died very young. He was like 22. Um, Rest in peace. Standing in the Way of Control was... Uh, Gossip was probably the first queer core band to really make it somewhere. Like, like on a national scale. Um... They're from Arkansas, by the way. Uh, it's Okay to Be Sick by the Hers Collective. I think it's just an important reminder for people. Yeah. Uh, it's Okay to Be Sick. Uh, and the Hers Collective, I saw them recently. We actually canceled an episode because they were playing on a Sunday. Yep. Um, and they are absolutely fucking fire. Um, I don't know how else to put it. Then there's Rebel Girl by Bikini Kill. We already talked about them. And then yes. Homo Riot by The Gay Agenda. Uh, so, yeah. Well, those mine are probably going to be more more like 70s stuff. Because that's, like, that's more my experience. Like, obviously, Lou Reed, Take a Walk on the Wild Side. Oh, Gay Bar by Electric Six. We can that's put a that. fun... 
That's if a you want to do song. that, we'll put that on there as one of mine too, because I'm not sure if I have. Um, uh, it's okay. Enough. Well, I wanted to say, I wanted to ask you. Um, we discussed Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Uh huh. Would you consider? I was gonna say the song that Typo Negative covered, "Angry Inch." Would you consider that to be a bad example, or would you? Oh no. Okay. Oh, I just. Oh no. If you okay. watch the, I mean, when you see the movie, you'll yeah. be like, "Oh, okay." okay. Um, so the original because... version of that, if it's on Spotify, we could probably put on the. Playlist. I didn't put any Hedwig on this, and I can't believe that. <laughs> um, yeah. That's why I'm here. Yeah. It's Angry Inch. Do you yes. want the typo negative version or the? I mean, I like I said, I think the original one's probably better. If anyone's interested, though, they can look up the typo negative version after they hear the original. Uh huh. I mean, it's yeah, it's a good cover in my opinion. But I also really liked typo negative. So oh fuck, oh fuck, I'm dropping everything. All right. Um, and uh. I wanted to choose one of the ones off of David Bowie's Ziggy Stardust, but I I didn't know if this if Ziggy Stardust the song would be, you know what what is what so like I'll put it this way yeah like yes. I didn't know what gender or sex was in the second grade and people were calling me the F slur so whatever queerness is it's got nothing it's it goes beyond just gender and sex okay right so yeah. I, I i would say ziggy like the the song ziggy stardust yeah that's the one i would say okay um cool trying to think sorry someone's running the vacuum in the background so now my brain is like it's like a microwave's going off at the same time and the frequency's already being occupied by one sound. Oh, I had one. Fuck, there was a psychic TV song that I wanted to pick, but I, I don't remember the title of it. Uh, is there, Are there any psychic TV songs that you would suggest? And we could just tack that onto the list? Let me see. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we, we tried to talk about more figures that weren't already very very well known i mean i mentioned elton john through the little you know the whole da, 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 da. but yeah obviously uh prince i think was very in he was his his he played with gender uh yeah a lot. i didn't know the right way to say it so that's why i stopped because i wanted to think before i said anything and then yeah, oh, yeah. freddie freddie mercury obviously but you know, everybody talks about Freddie Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> Who talks I about mean, Wendy Carlos? Who talks about Robert Moog? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did have a Wendy Carlos song on there, but it was just like 10 minutes long and just oh, like okay. droning synth kind of stuff, like 70s horror movie stuff. Yeah. You know? I understand. Um, which is fine. It's fine music. It's just not music that gets my heart pumping. But yeah, so um, curious if you ever listened to Tim Robinson, Glad to Be Gay. He was more pop punk. I remember his record sleeve had info for things like Planned Parenthood, gay youth support groups, etc. Okay, cool. I will check them out because I do not know them. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we went through this talking without talking about Prince or Freddy. Prince was a Jehovah's Witness, though. I don't know if Prince which, was... Yeah, which was interesting now that yeah. you mentioned that. Um, but Prince but definitely yeah. did play with, with um, his, his gender, gender expression. And... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, sure. and... Especially in the 80s, I, I would say. Well, yeah, in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, I remember my, I remember asking, actually, I have a funny story related to this. Yeah. Um, I was going through my parents' record collection, which my parents are not cool and don't really listen to music. (laughs) I don't know how I ended up the way that I am with them as my parents. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, I didn't know Sister Rosetta. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, but I remember finding a Prince in the Revolution record, uh, and Prince is just looking all hot and like wearing like a crop top on the front of it and stuff like that. Yep. And I like, I was like, mom, is this a man or a woman? And she like pauses and goes, that's Prince, honey. He's male. And oh. I don't, I to this day don't know what she meant by that. Well, I think I kind of know what she meant by that. It was still like, I mean, like, I would definitely say that the way Prince presented himself probably upset most conservative Christians. Oh, probably. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, uh, Freddie Mercury, um, definitely an icon. Uh, we lost him to the AIDS crisis unfortunately yeah. um I mean if, but, if 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 you want we could throw Queen's Killer Queen song on there oh yeah or yeah any that was I mean, one of the first Killer Queen in particular was one of the first Queen songs I remember ever hearing and I was like holy fuck this dude is amazing like vocally because it was like and uh-huh. it just, I don't know, when I was younger, because I was used to hearing, you know, like, Beach Boys and Beatles and shit. I, I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is different. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. My internet. Are you cutting I gotta do out? the internet dance. Mm-hmm. Well, yep, we're I gotta about do the ten internet minutes over. Dance. We're about ten minutes over, so we can, we can call it. Um... But yeah, thanks to everyone for tuning in. Uh, we always appreciate. Uh, am, am I back now? Yeah, you're back. We I always think I'm back now. Okay, cool. We appreciate every single one of y'all coming to watch our show. Um, even we don't necessarily know what we're talking about, uh, <laughs> or we're just kind of bsing around and getting off topic. Um, I think. It's more of an experience now than a show and anybody that's part of it. It's just like hanging out. It's like, it's like, this is, this is the one night a week that we all get to hang out and we get to talk about music stuff. And, and if we go off topic, it's okay because we're all passionate about what we're talking about and we're Uh enjoying it. And I, you know, I think one of the most important things is to enjoy yourself with whatever you do, you know? And I think that that applies Uh as well. And you know? also, me and Deuce are the boss of this hangout. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, not really. It's the Deuce Lounge, so yeah. you have to go through me first. I'm the bouncer. And yeah, yeah I was going to say, even if, even if you're not participating per se, but you're still here, 
you're always going to learn something. I can't mm -hmm. promise it'll be something like for certain. Obviously, this episode was more of like understanding and learning things for me myself, as well as just sharing what I know. But other episodes, you know, we try to bring at least one fact to the table. So if you didn't mm -hmm. like the show, at least you can say you learned something. We also <laughs> used to do guests on this show and just haven't for the last like month. Yeah, or we've something. Just, I think we've just kind of been playing around with with um what people like to see i mean yeah guests, guests are awesome but if if we're doing a guest every single week it kind of i feel like it pulls away from the hangout feel because it's like we put the focus mm -hmm. on the guest which is fine and i enjoy having guests as well and i'm grateful that we've had the guests that we've had mm -hmm. i just saw lewis wingrove said raised on motown yeah motown's cool i like motown um but yeah uh we appreciate everybody being here. Don't forget yeah. Pride Riot, demonicmachines.com. What's for the rest of the month? For the rest of the month. For the rest so of the month. So you've got till midnight on June 30th. Yes, um, please don't forget. Yeah, and uh so I get we've got we've got I've got an awesome fuzz that costs $87, y'all. Yes. And you should totally check it out. You should check out the other things that we have um and like uh what was i gonna say i was gonna patreon. say oh check out our patreon yes yeah patreon.com slash demonic machines uh it's just to, it's it's literally just asking for donations we we don't really have any kind of special anything for you we'll mention you on the show actually let's do that right now yes uh patreon supporters uh all what, what we could try to do is between you and i we could put together like one song a month just to upload for the patreon subscribers maybe something yeah we'll figure something out yeah um, something fun you'll see we'll, we'll do something fun but yeah hey, we could even have it so uh certain guests if they wanted to be a guest on a show maybe ask if they had questions and stuff or uh -huh. you know that could be something for patreon as well possibly yeah um hey, thanks for joining really appreciate it um <laughs> let's see well i'm trying to find it uh eh, patrons there we go uh our patrons are Scott Thompson and Jeffrey Ernenwine. So Scott Thompson. Oh, wait, Scott Thompson. That's the he Scott Thompson helps me build sometimes. So if you ever get a demonic machine and it doesn't say lucky on the inside, it says Scott. That's that's um, that's the guy who helps me. Uh, and then Jeffrey Ernenwine. Uh, thank you so much, both of you, for your support. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, and that's all I've got. You got anything, uh, Deuce? I was just gonna say, uh, if anybody has any suggestions for guests or topics, or if there's any gear that you want us to talk about or look into, I mean, um, what I like is as the show goes on, we keep finding newer segments to include. And 
I think that the playlist at the end of each show, whether it's pertaining to the subject that we're talking about for the topic, or if it's just, just if we're just talking about, yeah, a vibe or something like that. Like I think what last week I ended up including mostly like Chicago, like industrial fucking stuff for the psychedelic thing. Uh-huh. Which was weird for me after I thought about it, and I'm like, "Wow, I just said all this industrial shit." Well, but, I mean, um, I, put, I I did D12, right? But I, to be fair, that one's definitely <laughs> that one definitely belonged on there. I don't some of the shit that I said. I I don't know if if I mean I still stand by it because especially that one ministry song. I don't know. Did you get to check out that ministry song? Yeah. I did. I. You know what yeah. I mean, though. Like you yeah. put the headphones on, and it's like you're in a fucking different atmosphere. And yes, KMFDM. I think KMFDM's more like dancey shit, in my opinion. I mean, yes, they got they, heavier shit. They do lean more towards the electronic side of yeah industrial, but like I feel like they are also industrial. Um, kill Nine motherfucking inch. Depeche Mode. <laughs> fucking Depeche Mode. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Depeche Mode. You know, here's here's the tenth. Okay, so so let me unpack all this. So we're we're gonna do the playlist thing at the end of each show as long as we remember because it's something I think that is something where you get to have a glimpse inside of our minds and possibly some of our secret stash, if you will, so mm-hmm. that you can be part of the group as well and enjoy. Yes, Combi Christ has some good ones as well. This is my rifle. This is my gun. Um, killing joke. Yes. Wumpscut, yes, but Wumpscut gets a little weird with some of the shit they talk about. Um, but okay, I keep getting distracted. Um, <laughs> so, because <laughs> I keep looking and it's like there's more shit to read. Um, oh, sometimes so I, I just switch off the, I just switch away from the chat. See, so that that's I don't my get problem is I always have that, so I'm always distracted. Uh, um, so the playlist thing at the end, I think, is definitely something that we we're gonna keep. Because I really like that. I mentioned Velvet Acid Christ on the last episode. Mm-hmm. But yes, thank you, Lewis, for calling that one out. Definitely check out uh, Church of Acid. Anybody that's never heard Velvet Acid Christ. We're not going to talk about Rammstein for obvious reasons, Sam. But thank you. Um... <laughs> so I Do was gonna... hust. Do hust. Fucking scumbag. Anyway. Yeah, so uh, there's just different segments that i would like to add here and there and uh i completely fucking lost the whole point of everything because of the rammstein comment but yes thank you just for if being you've here. got suggestions <laughs> for the show if you've got send things you'd like to see send them in we could like, do it we could do a thing where you send us gear that you want us like we could have a little montage section like a whole point where it's like hey let's check out this particular gear someone sent us and look into it and give our thoughts on it yeah. like like any of the future Behringer produced Moog stuff. If you have any video examples of how it sounds or the circuitry or whatever, send it our way. We'll dive into it and take a look, but things like that, different pedals, different music, etc. If you yeah. want us to talk about certain topics like industrial, which I was going to suggest possibly talking about in the next episode, because there's a lot of crossover with gear, especially synthesizers and oh, yeah. units. Like Paul Barker, Maleco Heavy Industries, they have a lot of stuff, a lot of analog stuff, uh, synth stuff. It's what Euro rack mount stuff, things like uh-huh. that. But yeah, uh, I'm making this episode go way too long, so that's my bad. But yeah, please send us suggestions. Email, fucking um, info Instagram, at machines.com. Yeah. 
info at demonicmachines.com or contact us on the Facebook, possibly, if Lucky's okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> or the I Instagram. Mean, I might not see it, but yeah. yeah, maybe. Reach out. Send us your suggestions. We want you to be as part, as much a part of the show as we are because this is, like I said, this is our, our one night a week. We all get to hang out and talk about shit we like, so send us stuff to check out, and we'll take everything into consideration, and we'll do the best we can to put together a show that everybody can enjoy and be a part of because at the end of the day, we want everybody to feel welcome and be a part of the group and enjoy being here. You know, we love you guys. We appreciate everybody here, guys, gals, etc. We love you and you're welcome here. You don't got to worry about anybody giving you shit. You can be yourself as long as you're not a scumbag. We don't care. You know, that's the main right. caveat out there. But thank you. Have a good evening. And we will see y'all on the next episode of Demonic, Demonic Machines Live.